Hey everybody, uh, this is Steve and my co-host Josh, and we are Two Likeable Guys, and we have a very special treat for you today. Has it ever been so long that, since you've cut your toenails that you cut your toenails and your shoes fit better? <laughs> can't, 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 say it, can't say it has. Well, I got to, that, that's happened to me, and uh, it's just kind of fun. That's just to me. No, I'm sure there's somebody out there that can relate. I mean, you get busy and you you just put it off and you put it off, and then you clip them and you're like, "Dang, my shoes feel more comfortable." Seems like you're walking around all happy. Seems like they'd cut through your socks. They just bend down. (laughs) (laughs) Just fold. Just fold over. Yeah, they just kind of fold over, and then break off. No, that's gross. Anyway, we have a very, very special episode today. Um, Today, we are going to celebrate Veterans Day with my favorite veteran, and uh, we'll get just get right into it. Um, He served in uh, Vietnam. Um, When did you serve in Vietnam? I served in 1967. February of 67 to February of 1968. And this special guest is my dad. He is my favorite veteran ever. Um, so you'll get points for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, if you didn't know it before now, then I'm doing something wrong. Uh, you're doing fine. I thought, I thought maybe he's, he's trying to, to outdo uh, Alan. Get get a get a little bit more brownie, oh, a little yeah. more brownie yeah. points than than the yeah. brother. Yeah, yeah. Alan is my brother, my older yeah. brother. Um, he is the favorite. Um, no, no I, I wouldn't say that for sure. Oh, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, there's always got to be that mystery. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm an Air Force veteran. Matter of fact, Air Force, and, uh, Air Force, and. and uh, and we'll eight to, years in there. And we'll come to find out that I was uh, born on an Air Force base, but we'll learn that later in the show. Okay, we'll wait till later and tell them. Yeah, that'll be a suspense. <laughs> the secret. <laughs> Setting it up. That'll be a secret. Don't, don't, don't tell yeah. them that. Don't yeah, tell don't, them don't that. tell anybody till the end. Anyway. <laughs> so the way I, I, I've looked at it is you were, you graduated in high school around what 65 i did and did you go right into vietnam right out of high school no uh it took me about a year to well i enlisted in february of 66 okay it took me a year from there to make my way to vietnam i had to go to school okay and uh learn all about my my job was was boot camp is boot camp as awful as uh, people say it was then? I've heard uh, stories now that they have timeout cards. You're um, kidding? <laughs> no, I heard that just the other day, but I don't know if that's true. So maybe we'll get somebody to chime in to find out if that's true or not. I don't know about timeout cards, but if we messed up, we were pulled out of ranks and made to do some extra push-ups or stuff like that, left face and right faces and. Just did different you, drills. Did anybody ever have to scrub the latrine with a toothbrush? No. 
Okay. Um, they had a little bigger brush. I've seen that in movies where they make them scrub the stuff up and. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. So so uh, you were not drafted. Did you think you were going to be drafted? If you mm-hmm. if you wouldn't have enlisted or. I probably would have been drafted. Did but, you know? Uh, did you know anybody that was drafted? Yeah, I've had friends that were drafted, and, um, and they ended what, up in the army. And I already knew I wanted to go in the Air Force. What made you uh, make the decision to join the military? Well, I didn't go to college right then. I delayed that. What little college I ended up getting, right? But I. Uh, Wanted to get into the Air Force because I had a liking for airplanes and and things like that. Okay. So I uh, joined and they give you aptitude tests and I tested pretty good on mechanics and electronics. So I ended up getting a career field as a aircraft mechanic. Okay, great. Yeah. So you were going over to Vietnam. So did you have lots of practice uh, before you went to Vietnam working on the, the planes you were going to be working on in Vietnam? Yes, I went to uh, MacDill Air Force Base before I left, and they we were training pilots to go to Vietnam, too. So we were, uh, as we trained those, we had to do all of our inspections and ground handling and and taking care of the airplanes. Okay. Which were uh, McDonnell Douglas F-4s. I, I was a assistant and, and crew chief on the uh, F-4. It's a two-engine jet fighter. Sweet. And I'm just full of all kind of knowledge that is useless now. No, that's <laughs> good stuff. But uh, what, uh, Do you know how hey, fast the F-4s uh, were? It was a... Plus mock airplane, yeah. And, and uh, <clears throat> if they did a test flight to pass, it had to go at least Mach one, but uh, it could push on up there, Mach one point five to toward two. Okay, and excuse my stupidity, but is that breaking the sound barrier? Yeah, mock is sound barrier. Okay, okay, yeah, I wasn't sure. Yeah. So and okay, so- uh, those engines, they were GE. Uh, J-79 GE jet engines, and they produced about 18,500 pounds of thrust each. Can you relate that to horsepower? Don't know how to. Okay. I was just curious. Really, a really bunch. wasn't know how. A lot. Yeah, a whole, a whole, whole bunch. A whole heap. <laughs> yeah, it would be a whole heap. <laughs> so you got all this training so so were you pretty confident or were you pretty nervous about uh getting your orders to go to vietnam well it's a funny thing i was pretty confident uh a guy i worked with that i actually joined the air force with or met him as i was joining met him in nashville where we were inducted and we got stationed together down there so we said okay if we sign up to go to Vietnam, they'll get us our duty station wherever we want to go. They'll, if we volunteer, they'll give us our duty station. 
So we volunteered and uh, we had already been, you know, working these airplanes and stuff like that. So we volunteered and walked out of the personnel office and looked at each other and says, oh, Lord, what have we done now? (laughs) So there was a little second thought going on right there because my dad always says, don't volunteer for anything. Um, But, But he was a Marine and I thought there's a little difference. Yeah. So, so we got we got our duty station. So and and where was that? I was stationed at Cameron Bay Air Force Base. And ha- had that been in existence for a long time before you got there? Was it already built up and It was. It was built up pretty good. They had permanent uh runways, but the aircraft parking area and where we were and everything they built revetments and it was on PSP. Uh, perforated steel plating okay. that was laid down so we could taxi and move those airplanes around without them sinking down into sand and dirt. Well, did you ever get to fly in one of those F-4s? I did not. Oh. I got close. The month I made crew chief of the month, they cut it out. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but before that, you know, and I would have loved to have done that, but uh, I didn't get to. But I've rode in one as far as uh, taxiing. Okay, but you didn't get to fly in one. Uh, no, sure didn't. So did you get to taxi it to somewhere? I did have a taxi license, uh, and we could taxi down uh, at Cameron Bay. They had a run-up area, which was you go down one taxiway and you go to the other end of the field or runway and uh, there's a place over to the right where you could strap these things down on a run-up area and uh, they could check out engines and stuff and I have taxied down to that. So how hard would it have been to just uh, take it on to the the flight line and take off. That's what that's what I, I was just fixing to ask. I tell you what, there's too many of them loaded with guns. What <laughs> made it too far? Well, that's true. I guess you don't want to fly into a, a war zone and not be a very experienced pilot. That's for sure. They'd send somebody after you in a heartbeat. Yeah. What well, did you uh, did you ever get out there and uh, give her give her a little drink uh, speed a little bit when you when you're taxiing them around? No, no, you had to pretty well keep it uh, within the regulations. Yeah. Did you ever get to ride in any kind of fast airplane or anything? Not being well, I've I've rode in a Learjet. Well, that's pretty fast. Yeah, they go pretty good. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, comparatively, I, I'm guessing a Learjet would not go. Mach 1.5. No, no, surely wouldn't. Um, but it, it would go around uh, 375 to 450 miles per hour. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, it's pretty quick. That's faster than a NASCAR race. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Well, but uh, I enjoyed my, my tour over there. I, I worked hard. We worked uh, 12 hours a day, some weeks, seven days, and some weeks, five. Okay. And they had two shifts, day shift and night shift. And uh, I've worked most of mine on night shift. And so you were over there for one year? One year. Mm-hmm. One year and one day. One year and one day. 
So what would a typical day look like? Well, uh, if your airplane was scheduled to fly, which they flew these things quite a bit, you would have to go in. And uh, if it was scheduled to fly later, you had to do a pre-flight inspection. Takes about two hours or so to do this inspection. And then uh, they fly, and while they're going, you're helping other people do things and whatnot. But then when they come back, you have to refuel it and do a post-flight uh, inspection and make sure nothing is broken. But uh, whatever's written up on it by the pilot, you have to get that fixed. And that's the crew chief's job is to make sure all these things get done. Like a hydraulic leak or, you know, some electronic malfunction on radar or something. They would have to, you know, we'd call our specialists out to take care of that. Did they ever come back with bullet holes? Uh, yes, a couple of times. Uh, this one guy came in and uh, he hopped out and he said, would you crawl the engine for me? And that means pull it, get up in the intake and crawl back there and check it. And I did. And I came back and uh, I told him, I said, you've been hit with a small caliber or something. I said, uh, I lined up first three rotors and uh, saw nicks on the blades. So so, uh, they had a um, tradition, I guess you could call it. If you found uh, damage on an airplane, the pilot would (laughs) give you a bottle of Seagram 7. Okay. (laughs) It had a yellow ribbon and you could wear the ribbon for a week. Oh, like a like a lieutenant's bar. Of course, oh. you know we were enlisted men, but uh, it was it was something. I got a couple of those while I was over there, and uh, so. But mainly, you were assigned. Uh, like you worked on your your crew that you were a crew chief on worked on for the most part the same plane, unless it was out flying, right, or ready yeah. to go. I imagine, yeah. And and one of your planes, unfortunately, didn't make it back. No, it was shot down. It was flying close air support for a Army operation uh, near Doc To, Vietnam. And uh, he he took a small cal- – hey, they shot him down with – I don't know if it's a, some kind of a, a small caliber or little rocket or something. Right. Because uh, – the guy that did survive it, two pilots, uh, front seater and the rear radar observer, and uh, the rear pilot lived, and he said uh, he thought he saw something coming at it. So, so he, bam, um, you know, yeah, that's uh, so. But the the rear pilot ejected. So they he had- did. He got out. Uh, if you eject, the front pilot ejects. The, it throws the rear pilot out first. Okay. That way they're not running into each other. Yeah. And, well, that uh, makes sense. Yeah, it's really dangerous. Yes. And, you know, it's. Yeah, I've, I've saw I saw a a, um, a little movie, a little YouTube clip of some pilot having to eject at at fairly high speed, and it wasn't recommended. But and you could see the wind just made his limbs flop. Oh, yeah. Well, the Mark 7 seats that we had, uh, they 
mm, how do I put it? As you're going out, the straps on your leg pulls your legs back to the chair. Right. And your arms back and you're holding a face shield down over your face because that's what triggers the ejection. And uh, you got to have it or else it's going to blow your mouth open. Ooh, yeah. The, the, the air pressure would. Yeah. But then you were assigned another plane, correct? And, that is um, correct. Yeah. And it ended up on static display somewhere, didn't it? It sure did at the Air Force Academy in Colorado. All right. And yeah. then another one of the planes you worked on ended up in static display down in uh, Eglin Air Force Base. Yeah. At the Armament Museum down there. And yeah. uh, I've seen that and we have pictures of yeah. you with that. Of, uh, we went several years ago and that was pretty neat. Pretty yeah. neat seeing you uh, look at it and like reading the tail number or the one of the numbers on it and say, I worked on this plane. <laughs> Crawled all over that thing, I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's pretty awesome. But, yeah, it was It was interesting, and it was fun to go down there and see that. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be pretty cool. I imagine it, it wasn't awesome. all fun and games. Uh, no, no, we worked hard, and, uh, and things like you... that. I had a TDY to Da Nang Air Force Base, spent a month up there, and uh, went through the worst uh, air raid on an Air Force base in the history of Da Nang. Ooh. Yeah, July the 15th, 1967. I spent the whole month of July up there. We lost eight airmen that night. Mm. And uh, was it, was that, a rock, yeah. it was a rocket attack. And was that in the barracks where you lost the airmen or the... <laughs> Well, uh, some were lost uh, on the flight line okay. because they were zeroed in on those airplanes. Right. And, and our barracks were just the flight line, then a road, and then the barracks. And uh, they was hitting all in that area, and the back of the barracks got blown off. And okay. I was in the back of the barracks. Oh. So, so I, uh, I don't know if concussion kept me down or what, but anyway, a guy come running through there and he said, Hey, you got to get out of here. <laughs> We're being attacked. So we ran out and tried to get in the bunkers. I was upstairs. It was a two story building. I got downstairs and tried to get in the bunker and the rockets were still coming and going over our heads and whenever that happens you just know that you're going to catch strapnel or something so uh i had nightmares over that one what's not, the, what's not the... being able to get into the bunker because there were people in there laying down instead of standing up what what is that feeling i mean is it just is it are you, are you in shock is it just kind of a numb or, or is it mm. like utter chaos uh, it's just a fear uh, that, you know, you're going to get hit and you were trying to get in. You, you hear these things, you could hear it go over. And then if it was real loud, you knew it was going to land close, and mm. which some of them did uh, after the night got over and we got out looking down about, I don't know, 150 feet from our bunker 
a Jeep had been blowed up and there was a big crater in the road where the Jeep was and the Jeep was laying over on his side. And I'm pretty sure those guys injured seriously or killed. Right. And um, uh, fire trucks burned, airplanes burned, C-130s burned. There was a lot of loss in that attack. So did you spend the whole year in Vietnam? No, I did take a TDY. Wait, what's a TDY? Temporary duty. Okay. Yeah, they let you go either uh, temporary duty or R&R, rest and recuperation. I chose a TDY to Clark Air Base in the Philippines. Okay. (laughs) Going to have a little school I went to on liquid oxygen. And handling of that stuff and uh, got over there and had a couple days of school as a three-day school and a typhoon hit so you were (laughs) so i was hung there two more days i was in a uh, gymnasium with all kind of people just making pallets laying in there and stuff and then after a couple a day or so after that they released us. I had to fly back. Back to Vietnam. Right. Not back. Okay. Um, when that, uh, go back, I want to jump back to the the raid a second. Didn't, uh, wasn't there, a, didn't you get hit with shrapnel or something? We don't know for sure if it was shrapnel or tore my arm on a piece of tin. I don't know. So I because remember, you didn't know. Uh, because you didn't know, I've heard this story for a while, but because you didn't yeah. know, you they offered you the paperwork to fill out for a Purple Heart. But, but Well, the, the medics come through the barracks, not the barracks, but the bunker. Right. I said, anybody in here hurt? And the guy standing beside me says, well, this man's arm's bleeding. And he said, come on, we'll go get it took care of. It's a Purple Heart. I said, no, I believe it'll be all right. Uh, I think Purple Hearts are for people that get their legs blowed off and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so I didn't. Yeah. And I, I tend to agree with you. I think that's yeah. a good call. Yeah, that was. I would hate to, you know, have a Purple Heart that be, you know, uh, something like a paper cut. They call right. those paper cut Purple Hearts. Right. Yeah. Somebody, no substance to it. There's not, not right. much substance to it. That's right. It's like but, somebody but hooking a, it, it's like someone hooking a fish and then somebody else reeling it in. Yeah, <laughs> kind of shallow. Yeah. yeah. I, I was wondering I was wondering how long it would take for a fish reference to come into this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Josh knows we're fisher persons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, this we uh, we had a little uh, fishing uh, expedition the, this weekend, just a few hours. It was, um, and uh, my dad is always uh, usually uh, the best uh, at fishing. He nine times out of ten, he will always catch the most fish, and then I'm going to say six times out of ten, he'll catch the biggest fish. Man. Well. Uh, this weekend kind of was the same. He caught the most, but um, surprisingly enough, my brother, the favorite, caught uh, <laughs> caught the biggest fish uh, this weekend. Uh, so 
he caught a nice uh, big trophy fish. So that was a nice one. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's enough of fishing tales for today. Right. And uh, now I hope everybody else has gotten over um, the fact that I cut my toenails and my shoes fit better by now. <laughs> I could tell you a funny story about being over there in Vietnam. I can tell you more than one, but I'll tell you a couple. Okay. If you have time. I think we have all the time and we need. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Went into the shower room, which was uh, you go in and there's lavatories there and a big long mirror on the wall and you can shave. I walked in there and this guy, I knew him. He was in my squadron and he had lathered up his face and his eyebrows and i said what are you doing he said they said no facial hair he said and these eyebrows are on my face he shaved those <laughs> he shaved those off and he did and i guess he might have had some beers or something <laughs> He said, I'm going to be clean shaven. And he <laughs> shaved them off. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. He sure did. Another guy, he got wasted so bad. He was running around and carrying a sandbag full of sand. And uh, <laughs> this one guy said, What you got there? He said, I got a ham from home. Oh. He said, Somebody shipped me a ham. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> he, carried, he carried it into his hooch. We lived in hooches and uh, laid it on his bed and took a knife and slid it open. That sand went everywhere. He said, can I say a bad word? <laughs> he <Yeah>. said, damn, this ain't nothing but a sandbag. <laughs> He'd been carrying it around for 15 minutes. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, it's moments like that that kept us, you know, a little bit sane. I guess relaxed, sane. Yeah, get get your mind off of it. Well, did you did you get lots of letters from home? Did you get to? I did. I had people that would write me pretty good and send me uh, Kool Aid and things like that because the water wasn't great and uh, the milk was not milk. It was that powdered stuff you mixed with water. Oh, you know, so the Kool-Aid was nice. I had cousins that would send that to me. So were you excited when you were getting ready, when you got the news you were going to come home? Uh, oh, yeah. When, oh, when did yeah. You, how long before you came home did you find out? And um, and then what was that like? Well, they give you a manifest that you get on, and it's about a week before, you know, you you leave over there, I guess. Maybe a little longer. But anyhow, you get this short-timers attitude. Oh. You know, you you start like, just don't go to work. You don't do anything. You just sort of hang out, do what you want to. Yeah, because what are they going to do? Send you home? Yeah. yeah, and send you to Vietnam. It restrict mm-hmm. you to the base. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they tried that. <laughs> what would you... Uh, what what was the hardest part uh, about coming back? Was there anything hard about coming back? And then and and well, I tell it? you, I came back in February, and it was a Valentine's Day, 
which uh, took me two days of Valentine's Day to get home. The one over there and then the one on this side of the world. Mm. <laughs> because oh. they ha- they have it first. Right. And then right. we get over here and we have it. It was so cold when I got here. I was used to that good warm weather. Right. I would just shiver and chatter. You know, it, yeah. it was not used to it. I was used to that 110, 15 sometimes. And uh, come on here and get in that 30 and 40 degree weather and about freeze to death. Well, but you know, that's it was worth it. I reckon that's when I started dating your mother. Stacey yeah, mother. I, I heard you <laughs> dated, uh, yeah, I don't think you dated Josh's mom, but we don't know, <laughs> I mean, whatever. But uh, when you came home uh, from Vietnam, weren't you dating? Uh, technically, you're dating two, you're seeing two girls. I was, you know, and uh, this one girl I dated, I said, uh, we had a date and had a pretty good time. And I said, well, can I call you? She said, well, why don't you just call Judy? That's my mom. She's, yeah. She said, that's about the only thing you've been talking about. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> but well, she's still a good friend and I know her and her husband and their children and stuff. So, Oh, good. Yeah. Well, that's neat. And then, so then you came home. And how long was it from the time you got home till you uh, you and Judy started uh, getting uh, hot and heavy and decided to get married? Well, we dated, uh, I guess I'd been home about three or four days and had a date with her. And uh, a friend of mine talked me into that. And then we uh, oh, got engaged in march before i left to come back i was there for a month and i got there on 14th and we got engaged probably around the 12th of uh, march oh so so it didn't take a long long time so but y'all had known each other before and and before you went oh yeah we had met when we were in the fifth grade yeah yeah and she was a little sweetheart of mine off and on a time or two uh, I would go down and try to catch the, we rode a school bus to school and I'd try to catch the bus in front of her house. Okay. And just to get to talk to her. Uh, so one morning I was down there to catch the bus and her mother came out there and she <laughs> said, is there something you can do about this guy, Michael, she's seeing? Whoa! I said no. I better not fool around with that. Uh, They like each other, and so she says, "Well, I sure wish you would." (laughs) So she and I got along real good. And that was my grandmother Grace. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Loved her dearly. Yeah, she was awesome. Yeah, she was awful good to me. She's good to me too. So yeah. Um. Well, that's 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 just amazing so then uh once you got out of uh got back and then you're getting engaged and so were you uh where'd you get stationed next after i went to uh eglin air force base florida okay that's up in the panhandle near fort walton beach beautiful place to be and both my children you and your brother were born there there's the surprise. Yeah, born <laughs> on an Air Force base. You were Air Force brats for a little while. 
Right. After you had me, uh, I was the youngest, and you decided that uh, you can't deal with the, the military and having to raise me. So you uh, got out, what, after about a year? I was about a year old. Yeah, that's that's right. And what was your uh, uh, highest rank? I was a staff sergeant. Okay. Uh, I made sergeant when I was in Vietnam. <laughs> And uh, when I made sergeant, I was pulling an airplane with this tug, and mm-hmm. you're supposed to pull it, and you got wing walkers, so make sure you don't hit anything. Right. And you're not supposed to go any faster than they but, can walk. Right. I was going around through there, and I come around the corner, and those boys were just running. I was <laughs> I was pulling that airplane pretty fast. This major saw me. He hops out, waves me down. And looked at me and he said, that stripe, those stripes can come off quicker than they went on. I said, yes, sir. I know that. I said, I'll slow down. He didn't even have to tell me. He said, you better. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I took the warning and uh, didn't rush up so bad anymore. Yeah, but, that's probably uh, why you obeyed all the rules there for um, taxing the airplane. too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, they had rules and you had to follow them. And it's safety. You know, the Air Force was real good about safety. Right. But, I'm uh, really uh glad to hear all these stories. I knew a few of them. Uh didn't know the ones about the guy shaving his eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. But but uh. that's good. I can um, tell you his name. <laughs> well, prob- I don't know. Is he still? Are you still friends with him? No, I don't ever see him or hear from him. Oh well, if you want to, this is Jerry Jerry Kilbrew. <laughs> Old Jerry. Old Jerry Kilbrew. Yeah. Well, he said, "Boy, it's ha- facial hair, and I I'm going to shave it off." Sure enough, he did. He looked so weird there for a while. <laughs> well, you know, that, that, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. But I guess he didn't really care because he was going to be over there and not see anybody except people who were in the Air Force. So that's right. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, uh, I know uh, we greatly appreciate your service and everyone who has served our country um that is just uh something that i don't uh, ever take for granted i maybe probably because uh of being born on an air force base and and that's something i've always been proud of too uh I, I, just being able to say you know most people say yeah i was born in a hospital there's not a whole lot of people that say yeah i was born on an air force base yeah you know that's, and then that's I, I've always thought that's pretty good. And uh, you, of course, are my favorite and you are my hero. And I appreciate. Well, thank you uh, very much. Everything you've done uh, for me and our country. And uh, anything you want to add, Josh? Oh, it's just, it's always a pleasure talking with you. Appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, I've enjoyed it. uh, you two likable guys, I hope this podcast does well for you. Yeah, and well, I've, been, it, I've enjoyed the interview. Yeah. <laughs> Took no, me back a little bit. <laughs> well, good. I, well, we tried not to bring up the, the too many of the bad memories, and I'm glad we got some of the fun 
happy memories uh, out. Oh, that's true. That's good that, stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and if you come up with uh, any more funny stories, um, maybe we can do another episode sometime. And uh, uh, even if you don't have funny stories, you ever want to come back, just let us know, and we'll make it happen. Oh, I'm figuring. Uh, I'm figuring we've got a fishing episode going to come up that he's going to have to. Oh, be we part can do of. that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder if uh, Donald A. Trump likes to go fishing. You know, I've heard he has been able to fish a little bit. Well, we'll see. Uh, he, he, on, yeah. he only catches huge ones. Yes. That's <laughs> huge. True. Huge. huge. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and he doesn't like the ones from China. Uh-uh. <laughs> so, no anyway. Chinese carp yeah. for him. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Chinese carp, exactly. <laughs> well, I want to tell everybody thanks for listening and... Uh, we sure do appreciate everybody um, helping us out and, and, and downloading and liking us and uh, following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you've got. And you can always find us at uh, twolikableguys.com. And uh, we like you, and we hope you like us too. Later. Later.